what's going on, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to MSC Rocks. Rock and Metal Thrive. Guys, this is going to be completely different. Yes, this is a very special podcast. Since the 2020 pandemic began, we have pretty much been exclusively recording episodes, interviewing bands, having a great time doing that, and that will continue on as we go on. But this one is a one-off special because I just got back from Blue Ridge Rock Festival. I was there all four days. All four days. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. There was a lot of stuff that went down there. You probably heard about it anywhere online. The Screwed by Blue Ridge Facebook group. There is so much out there. And I thought, fuck it. I'm going to be the one to talk about it. But before I get started, I know I always wear this hat that I got on. But I got to make a change because some of you people know that I was there. So, let's do that. Why am I wearing a Vikings hat now? Because I wore a Vikings hat all four days of the festival. Yeah, so if you saw the guy wearing the Vikings hat at any point in time, that was me. Name's Kevin from Milwaukee. If you remember me from the Pez, like Milwaukee or Vikings, yep, that was me. So, now we're aware. You guys know I was there. This podcast, I'm going to start about talking about, honestly, there were some good things that happened. I'm not going to lie. But then, we're going to really get into it. So, to start out. What actually went right at Blue Ridge Rock Fest, the fan-driven experience? I have four things only. Four things. First one, first one is the music itself, the bands that came to play. These bands have been on the shelf or had been just, you know, finally getting going, finally starting to play shows since the pandemic started. So some of these, for a lot of these, this was their first show back. And they came out there and they played. Now, this is just on the bands. This doesn't have anything to do with the audio quality of the sets. That will come in a different point. But I'm talking about the bands, the energy, and the shows they put on. Almost every single freaking band really went out there and put their all into it. And, I mean, I saw a lot of them. Spirit Box, I mean, really put it out there, really went out there because, you know, this was probably like the first, like, super big show that they were going to play where a lot of people could see them here in the United States. From Ashes to New, I love their set. I love the energy from Matt, from Lance, from Matt, from Danny. The Ghost Inside was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I saw Dino on the side stage, and they that was freaking awesome watching. Drugs, the return of Drugs, their sound was really good. Seven Dust played well. I saw my friends begin anew. Rise Against, I mean, you guys know me. I love Rise Against. That's so why I got the Rise Against t-shirt. Motionless and White was absolutely unreal with their overall music selection the fans the way they had the show going the sound everything about it saturday seasons they've been on the podcast for they had 20 minutes on a side stage and my god did they make the most of it that was like the best side stage act i saw all week wage war was absolutely brutally fantastic lamb of god's pit was exactly what you'd expect shout out to josh from bad flower because he was sick as a dog going into this show like he was not looking good and lou brutus who was one of the hosts of the festival and lou brutus was there all four days that's an important thing that will come up a little bit later but he announced to us that josh was dealing with laryngitis he was not feeling very well and he might not necessarily be able to perform very well he was gargling water in between takes to make sure that you know he could perform but he went out there, the rest of Batfire went out there and absolutely performed their asses off. So I was very, very impressed by that. 
on Sunday. Um, let's see. A war within I come on the side change. They were actually really freaking good. Got to see Blackwater play. Kill the imposter. Just absolutely brutalized everything. And then Ice Nine kills. Man, you guys know I love Ice Nine kills. And this is no exception. Like, Ice Nine kills went out and had a great fucking day out there. And falling in reverse, uh, for me, exactly to close out the show. I mean, the Ronnie's energy is absolutely undeniable. And it tra- it transformed the whole entire set. It was fantastic going to that. So when it came to the bands showing up, the bands came out to give it their all for the fans. That is absolutely what happened when it came to the bands performing themselves. Again, audio issues will be a little bit later. The other thing that went right was, I'm going to give it to the fans that attended these shows and the fans that were, you know, coming to the festival. Now, when it comes to all the crap I'm going to be talking about later as the bad portion the reason why a lot of people were able to stay and get through was because the community of fans was so helpful. Everyone was looking out for each other. Everyone was making sure that, you know, if crowd surfers are falling down, they need help, get them a medic. If mosh pitters are getting hurt, get them a medic, that kind of stuff. Um, my One of my friends, his name's Jake. He was at the festival. We lost him on Sunday because he was going to go get food, and he just kind of hit the wall. He was, like, not doing very well. Just, I'm, he got sick. I'm not going to lie. I don't know exactly what happened. It might have been a combination of, like, um, dehydration plus not eating the best because it, you know you're camping out there. It's a it's a music festival. We get it. And the community of fans because me and my four other friends we had no idea where he was. The community of fans of Rock and Metal end up helping him get back to the campsite. Like that that's unheard of anywhere else. But Rock and Metal man, you guys fucking rocked with it. And the, like the energy for these shows that the fans put into it was nothing short of phenomenal. The fans went absolutely all out from the pits to all the crowd surfers to every little aspect this is why this festival ended up being actually enjoyable for a good amount of people and if when you look back at it you're gonna remember it was because the fans just really looked out for each other rock and metal community was absolutely fantastic and the bands performed with all their might and they really made these shows the the performances specifically one hell of a thing the other things I'm going to have to mention that went good, there's a group out there called the Pit Crew. You probably saw them. They had the shirts with the like the eyes on. They had Pit Crew on the back, and they were in every single mosh pit. So I know you guys saw me with the Vikings hat on, Vikings walkie. What's up, guys? I have to call you guys out specifically for the good of this. Reason being is because when it came down to the pits, yes, some of them were going to get really, really freaking brutal, and it happened. But you guys controlled the pits, made sure that everyone was going to be safe. If someone went down, you guys were picking right back up. You guys knew where to start. You guys knew every little aspect. There were so many of you out there, and everyone was just helpful as all hell. I mean, there are two very specific instances that I have to bring up that shows how good this pit crew was. One was during Wage War. So I'm seeing Wage War, the second last song. There's a little big little girl about maybe six, seven years old. So for all of you listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you're not going to be able to see the video of this. But if you go over to our YouTube channel, because I'm posting this on YouTube, I will have the video up there of me doing the podcast and with all the pictures and the videos I'll be talking about. So this little girl that was in the pit and like everyone kind of formed a circle around her because... You're not going to have, you know, a couple, two, 300 pound guys or, you know, someone like myself go run into these girls. No, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want anyone to get freaking hurt like that. But what ended up happening was 
it was some of the most wholesome stuff I've ever seen where there were a couple of smaller kids in the pit that had those pit crew shirts on. So they were going in kind of just like, you know, being very gentle, kind of like have, giving her that whole mosh pit experience. A couple of the bigger guys went in there, kind of were like crouching on be like, oh, hit me, hit me. So she would kind of run into them and they'd go flying back. Everything was all good. One of the biggest guys in the pit crew, like I'm talking size wise, got down on one knee, pulled out a bandana that said official pit crew member and tied it around the girl's neck very loosely so that she was like an honorary pit crew member. It was absolutely incredible, absolutely awesome. So when it came to just creating those wholesome moments, it was fantastic. Protecting us, my God, when people were getting like, you know, potentially injured, you guys were the first in there to jump in to help them back up if they needed some help, if they needed a medic, you guys were right there to take care of it. You guys were there to control the crowd killers. And this is where the second one comes in because at the end of the Beartooth set, there was this guy that came in, big guy and full on like karate, not karate, karate style crowd killer. He was throwing absolute punches, high kicks, everything. And for the first one at Beartooth, these guys got to control this guy. I was like, dude, and they kind of threw him out of there. Like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is not the way to go about it. I thought that was gonna be the only time that happened. But then the end of this week came as Roman set happened. And this guy absolutely came in and was taking swings right at the end of their set. And the mosh ref was on our side. I'll get to him right after this because the mosh ref is a whole nother story, but it works. So... This guy comes in full on swinging and the mosh ref is like trying to stop him. Like, dude, what are you doing? And the guy swings and hits the mosh ref in the face with a punch. Here comes 20 guys in the pit crew. Go run this guy into the barricade and literally give him a taste of his own medicine. Security guy and they pulled the guy that was crowd killing out. I believe they kicked him out of the festival for that. And again, when it comes to mosh pits, there is that etiquette that is there. Yes, it does look violent. Yes, it is crazy, but we're all looking out for each other. This guy came in to just potentially hurt people. And he ended up hurting people. And the pit crew took care of it. The pit crew made sure that we were going to be safe from this guy. And it was fantastic. I have to give you guys a lot of respect for that. And I absolutely knew that this, something like this might happen. And you guys really took the forefront of it. I love it, guys. Thank you very much. Now, the mosh ref, there's a guy, he was wearing like um, like a striped ref shirt, he had face paint on with it, and he had a whistle. So, he was a guy, like, if you're in a pit, he was kind of like the guy controlling the pit. It was absolutely incredible where, you know, if someone was getting a little too rough, or his car was like, he'd try and break it up and really help it control everything and make sure that everything was pit etiquette. So, you know, you're going to have those people that are throwing punches. No, 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 they're getting out of there. You're going to have people that, you know, are doing like the, kind of like the, you know, what is the best, ah, what's the best way to put it? Just basically going at it with each other, like constantly doing the shoulder checking, like making sure that they didn't get too wild with it. Cause I did that a couple of times. It was fun. Uh, but his big thing I remember was the motionless and white set. It's hard to see, man. I mean, all the strobe lights, it was dark. And there were so many crowd servers coming over the pit. He was whistling, pointing out. So everyone got the attention of the crowd servers were coming towards the pit. So these people wouldn't fall. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. That is one of the best moments that you could possibly think of. It was just really wholesome in a moment, but it was somewhere that pit crew really looked out for everyone. I also want to give a shout out to the Hounds of Hell as well, because I know they were there. Shout out to Mr. Julian Purnell, aka Head Middle Joker on Instagram. What's up, Julian? His group that he was with called the Hounds of Hell were also in the pits as well. And while they weren't as prominent as the pit crew, they were also there helping people out. Because during Ice Night Kill Set, I took a cheap shot to the back and I got the wind knocked out of me. And Julian and Wob, I think it was the guy that ends up leading the house out. They grabbed me and they pulled me out and they were like, are you good? And I couldn't speak because I had no air in me. Like, I know I got the wind knocked out of me. So I'm like, just give me a minute. And they're like, call for me. Like, no, 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 no. Just got the wind knocked out of me. Give me a minute. 
They gave me water. They told me to stay back for a couple minutes just to kind of get going. Stabbing in the dark started. And I knew I was going to go back in for the breakdown. But I'm like, okay, I got three minutes to relax and like calmly drink this can of water. We're going to be good. We're going to be set. And they took care of all of us. So pit crew guys, hounds of hell, Mashref. Again, this is something that goes to the community of fans. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Loved having you guys there. The one of the shout out I'll give for the most part is security at the front of the stages for the most part. And the reason I say is because of how many crowd surfers were coming in for every single show, whether it was motion white lamb of God. Those were the two that I remember the craziest amount of crowds falling in reverse. Um, let's see some of the other ones. I remember crazy crowds. There's that, uh, a day to remember, like they were catching them at left and right and make sure that they were safe. Hell I crowd surfed for the first couple of times too, for Adelita's way. And they caught me like right away. It's like, okay, that's cool for, for Ashley when I did it, like they caught me like a baby. And there was a guy that was like, like this after me, just like, you know, after I got on my feet, just like this in front of the stage, like just don't run on the stage. I'm like, okay, I know what you're doing here, man. We're good. Cool. No big deal. And can I say it for the most part? Cause I know there were some trouble with some of them. And I have to specify that this is security at the front of the stages because security is a whole nother issue. So I just talked about what the things that I thought were good. And I'm going to call Blue Ridge the fan fueled experience because the organization didn't do anything to help us out. The bands performed, the fans looked out for each other, and the fans took care of each other. The fans fueled anybody that had a good experience. I went in the Screwed by Blue Ridge fan page when I was right about to make this video because I wanted to write out a list of things I wanted to talk about, both good and bad. And good, I put my four things there and I, I didn't see anybody jumping on, you know, okay, you know, you're right, you're wrong on the good. On the bad stuff though, I had a nice long list and I had people add on to it because there were some certain things I missed. So what went wrong? What went absolutely unequivocally wrong and needs to be addressed, needs to be called out and the organization of the, that puts together Blue Ridge Rock Fest needs to be held accountable for this stuff. And I mean, needs to be held accountable for this stuff. I'm going to start out with the thing that I got um, impacted by the most, which is the camping experience, on-site camping, off-site camping, whatever it might've been. Now for me, I was, me and my group, we were supposed to be an on-site camping. So that means you're camping on-site at the venue. Okay. Understandable. You got that. So they also tell us that you can get there on Wednesday if you are in line. If you're waiting traffic in line to get in by 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, that you will be admitted. Fine. Fair. I get it. My friends and I, we had been driving from Milwaukee since 2 a.m. We had gotten there and gotten in line just before 7 p.m. Eastern time. So we're over an hour early. Yes, we understand that there's going to be traffic. It was the same thing at Rockfest when I went. But at Rockfest, my friends were already in there because they got there early when I got there. I had to wait about a half hour to get into the like side lot. Plus it was raining horrendously that day and it took about a half hour. Not bad. So we're waiting and we're waiting and I go on the blue Ridge fan zone page to check out what's going on. And it did not start out good when it came to camping. People were talking about how they were not in the right campsites. How people that were getting onsite camping were being sent to offsite camping over like three and a half, four miles away. Then they paid for on-site camping. People who brought their mobile homes, their RVs, their campers, who paid for electrical hookups. 
were not receiving them. And the people who pay for those electrical hookups were told that the electrical hookups would be like 30 amp, but the actual thing was 50 amp. So they had no converters to really like take care of their electricity. It was not going to work. It just wasn't happening. And I'm looking at this stuff thinking, what the hell is going on? Why is there so much disorganization? This makes no sense. Like you should be, you know, understanding that, you know, if you say you're going to have 30 amp, have 30 amp. People had bought and paid for this stuff. So why wasn't being supplied? Why were people going, getting, not getting what they got? And how were people like potentially getting these electronic hookups when they didn't even pay for them? It made absolutely no sense. As me and my group were getting closer to the entrance venue, I noticed something. The entrance venue is a one lane road. One lane that is being converged on from the east, the west, and the south. So you have three ways of traffic and a major highway that's to the east of the venue where people are coming in. You have three coming all over the same place and you're letting one car at a time because it's a one lane entrance. Um, how did you not understand that this was gonna happen? I mean, this was just absolutely ridiculous to the point where we were getting close to the front, like, you know, it's eight o'clock, all of a sudden it's right around nine o'clock at night and my friends and I were getting close to the front, like we're four cars away. All of a sudden a tow truck comes in front and blocks off the entrance. And I'm wondering like, oh, did someone get stuck in the ditch on the other end? What's going on? So all of a sudden we see the three cars in front of us go, but they go not to the venue. They go east towards that highway. So my buddy and I who are in one car, we stop and we talk to the person who's directing. We're like, hey, what's going on? Granted, this man who we talked to is a tow truck driver tow truck driver. He is not affiliated with the organization at any point in time. We ask him what's going on. He says they're closing down camp camping registration for the night. Um, why? Because we were told that if we were here in line before 8 PM Eastern time, that we would be allowed. And plus we paid for this stuff. They said, Nope, they're closing it. I got no other information for you. So we're, we're annoyed because where the hell are we supposed to go? We've been on the road for 17 hours. We're t- we haven't slept. We're tired. And we are supposed to be staying here. We paid for this. We paid for this. So why couldn't we get in? And he said, I don't know, man. They're telling us that, you know, you can go anywhere you want, but you can't stay here. I cannot get mad at the tow truck driver or the sheriff's department that was out front, like, you know, telling people this stuff because they had a job to do. They were just doing their job. This is on the organizer's part because you've got to be kidding me. They were starting to direct people to offsite camping that should not have been an offsite camping. They were directing people who were also an onsite camping completely away to tell them to come back tomorrow to hope for the best. My friends and I, we went to a Walmart parking lot to camp out in. And we were not the only people camping out in there. But then we got, we got an inkling that a storm was coming. Um, and we packed up and we drove 45 minutes out to Greensboro, North Carolina, staying in a hotel. Um, yeah. I was running an hour and a half of sleep that whole entire thing it was it was it was just horrendous the whole entire thing and when we got to camping on the blue ridge fan page the fan zone page i posted and i quote because i have to pull it on my computer they've shut down camping for the night this is horrid and the comments started rolling in the shares on the posts are rolling in i posted from the msotd rocks page as well and people were getting really confused because there was no communication from Blue Ridge at all for this. There was no communication. It was it was just ridiculous.
I couldn't believe any bit of it. So I'm, I'm sorry. I got a quick, I'm trying to scroll through some things here because I just want to make sure I get to this point because around, let's see, where is this? Yeah. Around like three in the morning that day. Oh, I'm sorry. At 1.53 a.m. on Thursday, September 9th. It's 1.53 in the morning. Many people are asleep and in bed. Blue Ridge Rock Festival finally posts an update on their fa- on their page, on their Facebook page. And they said in Ford Festival, like, as you experienced, Campy Check-In had quite a few challenges today. Well, duh. Blue Ridge was built on transparency, so I'd like to shed some light on the situation from all the, the intel. Alrighty, transparency. This is the only announcement we had pretty much all of the festival. And it was at 1.53 in the morning on Thursday, September 9th. This is the first one where it's absolutely saying 80% of campers checked in today. No, there was not 80% of campers checking in because there were clearly two, 3,000 cars waiting to get in. It was, it was in freaking insane. And we knew many of you longtime fans were itching to get in, but the statistics far exceed our Intel-based expectations. That being said, the number is great news for traffic moving forward. Oh, Lordy, let me tell you what happened Thursday then. I'll tell you in a bit. As we now escape, eclipse the lion's share of the wait times. No, we didn't. Oh, without you missing any of the music. Nope. After consulting with local and law enforcement agencies, the number one driving reason behind the camping ticket check-in delays and issues sent around will call pickup okay now they're starting to blame etix for this stuff because etix had not sent out the tickets but bud why haven't will call pickup tickets so far in because of how long it's like it was like a half mile drive just to get from that part or even maybe a mile just to get from that intersection to the entrance fest where you guys had the will call set up why didn't you have the will call set up right up front because my buddy was did not could not get his ticket or his wristband until will call came in it was just insane. It's like, it's been long documented at this point due to fulfillment delivery issues, the third party taking coming experience this year. We have a high sky high number of individuals still needing to acquire their wristbands. As a result, our box office experienced a high traffic. Thankfully, with the help of ETIC CEO and president on site with us, everything went exceptionally well on that front. No, no, it didn't. It did not. That was a straight up lie. Let's see what else do we have here. Um, number two, RV hookups. We've been informed that the company directing this portion failed to have 30 amp hookups for you all, only 50. We are writing that out of our pocket and are in the process of having 30 amp adapters that we now purchased brought to the site for you to have for free. If you paid for RV hookup site and were incorrectly placed, our team is coming around the grounds in the morning to correct that. That never got corrected. I, I We saw on the Screw by Blue Ridge page that many people, and on the fan zone page, that many people had not been relocated or moved. Festival entry, we have acquired a touchless screening security system for entry and festival gates. It was done direct effort to protect the fans and greatly reduce entry wait times due to the automated expect or expediency of this uh, system. Oh, wait till we get to the security portion of this because that's a straight up lie. Um, let's see, schedule, fortunately, Chelsea Grin. Yeah, there was a bunch, there were a good number of bands that dropped out of this. And that's another issue that we'll get to in a little bit. No, camping check-in will resume at 8 a.m. as advertised for our daily parkers. Parking lots open at 10 a.m. as advertised. Show buses begin running from your daily parking lot to the festival gates at this time. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a joke right there. Um, and then there's a couple other things as well. That was the last we heard from CEO Jonathan Sly throughout the whole entire festival. That was the last we heard from him. Was at 1.53 in the morning when everyone else is in bed. 
Jonathan, you got some explaining to do, and it's not, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Because Thursday comes around. My friends and I, we leave Greensboro, we come for camping, and we're waiting in line. I would say we got there around 10.30, we're waiting in line. Okay, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. My friend who had Will Call tickets, him and one of the girls were with, they went up to go get Will Call because he wanted to see Spirit Box. That was the reason why he came. So we're going to be like, okay, you go see Spirit Box, no big deal. That happens. Then my other friend goes up to the front to ask what's going on and why it's taking so long. Like, oh, what's going on for on-site camping? They said that if we had on-site camping, we could camp on-site. Great. Couldn't bring our car in, though. We'd have to park our car in the daily parking lot two miles away and haul all our stuff in by foot. We'd have to carry it in. Um, But we paid for on-site camping. We paid to have a car there. What the actual hell? This did not go well. This was not the way it was supposed to be. This is not what we paid for. And many people were in this same boat as we were. So we were driving to the general lot and we were trying to figure out what the hell were we actually going to do. At this point, I was very like thinking, you know, we weren't going to attend this festival because we weren't going to be able to have a place to stay. At that point, the guy who was running the GA lot said, fuck it, camp here. The amount of people that camped in the GA lot was absolutely insane. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And when it comes to the parking stuff, I will get to that next. But it was just absolutely in, in, it, unbelievable with that. With that, And again, we were on, for on-site camping. We were promised showers. We were promised porta-potties. We were promised all this stuff. Of course, there was nothing like that there. They didn't plan on this stuff. We didn't get porta potties there until midday Friday. So we were camping without any facilities to go to the bathroom in for anybody, unless we wanted to walk two miles into the festival. People were peeing, pooping in the woods. It's a health department violation through and through. I'm not going to lie. My group did the, had to do that because, well, you're not going to walk two miles on an unlit road at two in the morning because you have to take a shit. No, you're going to go 100 feet over there into the woods, drop your pants, take crap, and then go back to bed in your tent. This just this is just what I went through. I, there's a lot of the people that went through a lot of other things as well. Want to see the Screwed by Blue Ridge fan page? They have so many other stories for you specifically, but there is one other I will talk about, but it's a whole different issue. Parking was an absolute freaking joke. They had multiple lots way off site. And the close one was the GA lot that we were in. You didn't even have to have a parking pass to park there. They were not checking parking passes. We had a camping pass, but we didn't have anything that said camping. We didn't get a camping wristband or anything like that. I had a freaking ticket from Etix that said, turn this in, you know, and you'll get all your camping stuff. Yeah. Well, we can't turn it in if we can't get to our onsite camping. And all the people that paid for GA parking at any of these lots, not just the one that I was in, even in the further away lots, they weren't checking parking. So people could come and park there that didn't pay for parking. People paid $66 to park for the whole festival. And that's just money that was basically stolen from them. This was a consistent thing. Lots were filling up incredibly quickly. And even for us in the GA lot, people started camping there again on Friday night that probably weren't supposed to be camping there because screw it. Who the hell is watching anyway? Who the hell is looking at this stuff anyway? Makes no sense. It absolutely made no sense. One of someone I know who I work with, 
She was at the festival as well. She parked in a further lot, maybe about five miles away. Yeah, they didn't check. Here's the second issue comes in. Yeah, you're going to have to get shuttled in and out of these places, right? Because of how far they are. It's one. It's a, it's, it's like one lane road each way. No lights, nothing. And some of these lots are five miles away, so you're going to have to get shuttles, right? Well, a lot of the people driving the shuttles quit the day beforehand. Now, I understand that, you know, okay, why'd they quit the day beforehand? Rumor had it that the pay was absolutely egregious and the hours were long. So people, and they were looking and, and the people, and the group of people that quit saw how much of a crap show and crap of a crap shoot, shit show, whatever you want to say it was that Wednesday night was. So they didn't want to deal with it. So you had maybe like eight, nine, 10 shuttles, not per lot for the whole entire thing with people still trying to get into camp and park and everything. It took people four hours to get from a parking lot on a shuttle to the festival grounds. Dirt after the, after Thursday, the county took over, and with less people parking, with people getting there earlier, with people just not showing up, and them closing off the roads to traffic. Yeah, Charles got going a lot quicker. Not gonna lie, they had more drivers. The county stepped in. I want to thank Pennsylvania County for that one because Thursday was the mo- was absolutely dangerous when it came to that front, along with. If you weren't taking the shuttles, you had to walk back on these country roads. There was no light whatsoever on these things. People were getting hurt. People were falling over. People were falling in ditches. People end up getting hurt so bad they had to go to the hospital because of how bad they were falling. There is no light there whatsoever. Myself, I didn't have a problem. But then again, you know, I'm 26. I'm rather athletic, agile. And if I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to get hurt in a pit. I'm not going to get hurt walking home. Not everyone is me, though. There are a lot of people there that were there just to, you know, watch the shows and go home. Some people are physically unable to walk that far. Some people are physically unable to do that. Some people have disabilities, which is another freaking huge issue we will get to. But it was just something where when it came to parking, it was a free for all. People that paid for parking, people that paid for camping were not getting what they wanted. The shuttles they did get better Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when the county stepped in, but when Blue Ridge was running them, it was a sheer mess. Remember when I mentioned that thing about security at the gate with the with uh, the scanners? Yeah, they said the scanners were like, this is what you know they use at all these sporting events to keep people safe. <laughs> oh, God. So security at the gate was not checking wristbands at all. People were walking through without wristbands on. There's video on the Screw by Blue Ridge page that, I, again, I will post the link to so you guys can check it out. And look through all this stuff. There is a post there about people just walking in without wristbands. I saw people walking in with knives. Yeah, you're not supposed to bring those in. People walking in with anything they wanted. Um, I knew people are walking with full cases of beer. And they weren't checking any of it. So I'm not sure if the scanners didn't work or if security was just totally inept. I don't know which one it is. But still. That created an incredibly potentially dangerous situation where people could have brought, people were bringing knives in. I don't know if anyone brought a gun in, but they easily fucking could have. Security was an absolute joke at the gate. I honestly could have, honestly, if I wanted to, I could have cut off my wristband, walked in, no one would have been the wiser because they just didn't care. I even heard a story where someone brought in a full case of beer and the security said, screw it, I don't care. Just go in. It's a whole case of beer right there, man. I should have brought my beer in. One of my friends, guy Jake, that got uh, that was passing out. Dude, he brought beer in. He was having a good time. And also, those like they bring beer. They could be cans. They could be bottles. They could be glass. 
But security just didn't give a shit. Especially at the gate. There was no direction whatsoever from security even when you got in there. There were no signs. Absolutely nothing. Like there, You didn't even know where the hell you were going half the time. When we got up to there, like for camping and stuff, there were no signs. I think the only sign I saw was off-site camping that way, which was four miles down the road. I never saw a sign for anything. I never knew what lot we were in. I never They, they color-coded them. I didn't know which one was which. Apparently for camping, they put down like white lines for a 20 by 20 spot, which is incredibly small for camping, especially if you have a car on top of there, let alone a, a whole camper. But yeah, they didn't care about those either. They didn't mark those properly. There was, there was, it was just inept logistically from top to bottom. So that security gate scanners, the food. Okay. When it comes to food at a festival, yeah, it, you're going to experience those long lines. I understand that. But this also brings up another issue and I will post these pictures for you because someone in my friend group found this online and posted this. So this is something that Mr. Jonathan Sly posted on March 8th at 1120 AM saying that they bought the brand new amphitheater venue for it. That is a 30,000 capacity venue. Okay. 30,000 capacity. That's a lot. All of a sudden you go over to their, um, let's see, where is it? You go over to their Instagram page. I believe this is as of Saturday. Sold out at 160,000. Let's do the math here. Let's do the math here. You can hold 30,000 here at this venue, right? And 30,000 times four is 120,000. 160,000 is about 40,000 more than 130,000, 120,000, right? So you sold 40,000 more tickets for this thing. You could expect 10,000 plus a day. 33% over your capacity you sold. Okay, when it comes to when it comes to security, yeah, you're overfilling this thing. How are people supposed to get in for parking if you're going to oversell this stuff? It, what, you expect people not to show up? You sell this stuff, you have to expect them to show up. They bought it. It's in the freaking contract. You have to expect this, man. Jonathan, you have to expect this. You can't just oversell this thing by 33% over the capacity. You can't do that. Yet you did, and the shit show that happened happened. All this stuff with the camping, the parking, the shuttles, the security at the gate, the scanners, food where all of a sudden people were not, like wait, waiting in long lines. Of course, I understand that that happens, but man, I heard people waiting two hours, three hours just to get food. And then the places, this is kind of on them though, but this is also on you, bud. They're running out of food consistently. And there's a problem when you have a 30,000 capacity venue that you're ex expecting 40,000 for per day. And you're saying, oh yeah, it's 30,000. No, 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 it's 40,000. That's 10,000 more people you potentially have to fucking feed, man. You gotta let these, you gotta let these vendors know. I will give a little bit to the flack to the vendors because, you know, you can you kind of do the math yourself, but I mean, the direction of the festival was, was like nothing. Alrighty, golden circle and the VIP stuff. I will admit, I was, I was a GA person. I only got general admission. So for those of you that don't know, the golden circle got these different wristbands and they had these pens on both sides of the soundstage because there's i'll go down the soundstage and you had pens on the left and the right and they were rather large i'm not gonna lie and they were meant for only vip people about vip and the golden circle passes um yeah whoever bought the golden circle passes this was a complete and utter ripoff and let me tell you why now, again, I'm going to be completely frank with you. Again, I was one of those GA people that, you know, I wanted to be in that area because, well, I didn't know that the GA thing was a thing, but I would be the ones, you know, walk in, jump the fences, whatever it might be. But 
you know, we, you know, I, I understand your frustration there. I'm not going to lie. I understand your frustration. But here's where you guys got screwed. And in turn, we got screwed as well. But again, it's all, I got to take a look at the festival guys for this, for the golden circle thing, because you had two incredibly large pens right in front of the stage on both sides of the sound stage from left to right. And it's all the way up front. I remember when rise against played, you had about maybe 200 people on the left side. These pens could probably hold anywhere between like a, you know, you could get a thousand people there. So the moshpits are going, everything's, you know, hunky dory. But when a band is playing and there's only 200 of you in this large area and it's wide open, everyone's around the side. What's the artist going to think? They're going to be freaking pissed. For Rise Against, after three songs, you know, the security just stepped aside and said, screw it, you guys going. On the stateless stage at the beginning of the festival, there was no security there checking for the Golden Circle stuff until Beartooth on Saturday. There was no security. Hell, I walked in so many times, it was like nothing. It was absolutely insane. Again, being in that middle, like, that's definitely where, the, you know, the shows were for the stateless stage and the monster stage. Like, that's where you wanted to be. But without security there, who's holding us back? We're just jumping over the barricades. We're just walking right in. Who's checking? No one was. No one gave a shit. Where I will say that, again, this is a lot on the organizations because you take a look at the enforcement of the Golden Circle and it was literally nothing. But then you take a look at how much space you guys had as well. This is also on the organization as well where they put way too much space on that to the point where a lot of people that had general mission couldn't even get close to the stage. So when they, you know, that's why we jumped over so we could get close because there was so much space over there too. I think for the Golden Circle, if they would have like had the whole entire, like only one section of that stage, like have both sides of it just for Golden Circle, that would have made a huge difference. Because then for all the GA fans, especially say they have the, the uh, pen on the right side, even though it was rather large, and leave that left side wide open, all the GA people are jumping the pit are going to be on the left side. There's no reason to go over to the right. But when you can't get close enough to the stage, man, people are just going to jump over. Did that plenty of times. No one checked. No one cared. I got a rise again story though for that one, but I'm not going to tell it on this uh, on this podcast right now. That's kind of a funny story. I just like to tell my friends. Not going to lie. But you guys got absolutely screwed. You that you deserve refunds for every bit of that, and I'm more than willing to say that because you guys got freaking screwed. VIP got screwed as well. I mean, you guys had what two freaking like tents that didn't even have that much like i think it was saw something on the uh, fan page where the uh or the fan zone page or the screw by blues page where you're spelled you're promised you know fr- like liquor you were promised free cold drinks you're promised uh better water gets water in a minute you're promised all this stuff you're promised snacks like on thursday you got a freaking granola bar and that was it why pay vip for an extra like what 100 bucks for vip what are you gonna get is a freaking free granola bar i think they got better on sunday by sunday but again thursday i'm like you get a free snack from 4 to 6 p.m. That's it for VIP. Why the hell would you even want to bother with that anyway? Why would you want to spend your money on that? It makes no sense. And if, you know, you're going to, you're going to say this, this is the experience. If you're going to sell this experience to people, Blue Ridge, you have to deliver. You under delivered on this constantly. You not only failed to deliver, you just blatantly lied at this point. It was just God awful. VIP was just inept the worst. Just absolutely horrible. Now I got to go to trash as well because I heard the rumor. I'm not sure if this is true, but they hired only 18 people to clean up the venue at night. There's not, there's no, there's like really no light there, but 18 people. Um, yeah, you got a lot of cans. You have like no garbage containers on anywhere. And when you do have garbage cage on running at garbage containers on anywhere, people are just stuffing them full with trash 
and there's no changeover. So what are people doing with their trash? They're just throwing it on the ground. When I got back in the venue on Friday morning and Sunday morning, that place was still trashed. There's cans everywhere. There's plastic everywhere. There's no pickup whatsoever. There's no cleanup. There's nothing. How do you expect to be sanitary? How do you expect, especially in freaking COVID, how do you expect this to go off with trash on the ground? How do you expect to just be any kind of a festival with the shit show that's been happening? Hell, even Matt Heafy from Trivia was talking about how big of a shit show this was. He said the show was awesome. He said the fans were absolutely incredible for it. But every other aspect of that, and hearing all stories as well, absolute utter shit show. I heard that from Blackwater as well, where they didn't get their artist wristbands. And they were there for all four days, so they always had to go through this huge rigmarole just to get in the festival because, well, they didn't get the right wristbands. Uh, it, it was just It was just bad. Now, there is a very specific story that we need to talk about. And this just shows even more inept on the part of the festival organizers. So, I had heard something about a potential problem. This happened on Saturday. We heard about the potential problem. Where a septic tank, a above-ground septic tank, a hose completely like got attached and blew and it was spraying raw sewage everywhere on inside camping. It's spraying sewage on campers, on their tents, on their RVs, on their clothes, on their food, all the property that's there. And I'm like, this is this even real? Like, this doesn't seem real. Like, this is just ungodly. The only thing that made me think, you know, this could easily be a thing was because on Saturday night after Bad Flowers, I was walking back. There were multiple trucks that were like, you know, clean toilets, this kind of stuff. Like, you know, the porta potty people, about eight trucks going into on-site camping. So I'm like, okay, this might be real. Not sure. So I brought it up on the uh, Screw by Blue Ridge fan page. And someone um, commented that, you know, this actually happened because they were a part of it. I asked this person to send me a direct message. So if they wanted me to tell their story, they could. I will not include the person's name because... Again, this is something that I don't, I mean, I just don't want to do that. I just want to put this person in a potential position that could be bad. So this is what this person told me. Me and the other campers were put to an, next to an above ground septic tank. Thursday night, the 9th, it had burst or spread some kind of leak and went onto the ground, but we didn't think much of it. On Friday the 10th, around 2 p.m., the pipe completely burst, spewing human waste for who knows how far, coding and missing everything in its path. Cars, tents, clothes, food, destroyed. The cops were called twice and they never came. The fire department came and said it wasn't their problem and left. It baked in the sun and nothing was done until around midnight. A camper called the emergency health department line and they hung up on her. The upper people of the festival have not said a single word on the matter and are lying on fa- in Facebook comments that things were getting fixed. Or showing people what they were giving us but had taken no real action as far as I'm concerned. I can provide a Facebook post I made and some uh, pictures after the pipe burst. So this, so I'll, I got the picture on the post was, uh, all this happened around 2 p.m. yesterday and nothing was done until about midnight. 911 was in fact called twice. They did nothing, not only that, our campsite is called the United Dumping Ground. Uh, a septic worker said that, they were never supposed to have any campers put there to begin with. We offered VIP bracelets, new tents, and a case of beer for having all of our belongings covered in human waste. I'm extremely pissed. There's been no sense of urgency while people are literally breathing in shit air. 
I have no way of getting in contact with Jonathan, but we're having an extremely hard time over at our campsite. The septic tank hose burst for the second time and sprayed human waste all over everyone's cars, tents, food, etc. It's been absolutely disgusting and has smelt bad over here for the last day and a half, not having a great time. It's not, and this is not a joke. And if you're watching the YouTube video, once again, I'm putting up the pictures that this person put and I will, ooh, I'll uh, make sure I remove anything from that uh, license plate from that car. But as you can see, guys, I mean, there is human waste everywhere on these cars, on these everywhere. It got sprayed. There's a health violation. Why are you putting people next to that septic tank? Why? Where's the, where's the organizational standpoint? And when this is a major health issue. This is a major health issue. And this and I'm like, is this a rumor? No, it's not a rumor. It freaking happened. So Jonathan Sly, what the actual hell? Why did you not address this? I mean, hell, on the Screw by Blue Ridge page, anytime there's a problem at the same festival, the same music festival that's happening with incarceration with Dame Rivers Presents, and it was a problem. Hell, we were finding out about the problems that Dame Rivers Presents. The reason we were finding out was because they were getting fixed by Danny Wimmer himself and the organization. They were being transparent as shit. Like, even I'll bring up porta potties for them. They were tauling porta potties from the back to the front because the front was getting so, like, bogged down with so many people. They're like, okay, we'll move more to the front and we'll order more so we get the back. But they told you about it. And there are all these other issues with potential parking. They're like, there's some things we can't fix because there's construction going on. So next year, better. However, we're still trying to find different ways to make parking better for you guys. That was, that was incarceration. That was not Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge didn't give a shit. Blue Ridge just said, meh. And there were radio sounds throughout the whole entire thing, which, again, I'll get to in a little bit. But the septic tank blowing and people getting covered in shit. And the thing that pisses me off the most now at going through that, I got to look at that post again, guys. I got to pull it up. Where was it? We were offered VIP bracelets. Um, VIP bracelets? VIP was absolute shit. That's not like worth anything. New tents? Well, yeah. You destroyed people's belongings. You, just, you should basically... Anything that got completely ruined by raw sewage, Blue should be replacing. Not just the tents. And a case of beer. A case of beer is not worth having shit sprayed on you and not being able to shower for four fucking days. Because the showers weren't working for a long time. And when they finally got water, it was like a three-hour wait because you had to pay 10 bucks to shower. Even go to the water issue, too. They had two water refill stations. And the one by the URW stage, they didn't even have the electrical hookup for that thing until Saturday. So for Thursday and Friday, you were filling up from a freaking hose. Don't get me wrong, though. I mean, I use that thing, I use that hose a shit ton filling up my water bottle. But, you know, I grew up, you know, 2000, 2001. We were always my friend's backyard. Every time we were done playing basketball, it's like, okay, break in the game, get a drink, you know, go through the hose. But, again, that like, for a venue, that's a health issue, man. That is a freaking health issue. There are health issues all over the place, including dust. Now, again, I, I understand that, you know, we're at an outdoor venue. There's a lot of dust being kicked up in the air. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, my guys. Dust was flying up everywhere from the pit, from the back, everywhere. It was just, it got hard to breathe after the first day. Day three, I thought I was going to have to tap out in the Lamb of God pit because I just couldn't breathe through the dust. Day four, I wore a face mask. I'm like, I can't do this. But after that face mask got wet, that wasn't any help because it made it even worse. I thought that I was going to be able to pass this off, but 
when I put in that uh, post about the Blue Ridge, screw the Blue Ridge, like, okay, is the du- again, the dust is the issue, but it like, can't really help out that. Apparently, there is a way, and some other festival have done this, including Dameron Presents, where they will go through the grounds, and they will, they're not going to, like, make, like, put water all over them, like, oh, the hose or something, because they're going to have a mud fest. They end up putting, like, uh, missing it, like, just missing water on them, so the dust wasn't as bad. You have, again, you have to understand that there's dust that's going to happen, but like other vessels have taken steps to make sure that the dust wasn't as prevalent of an issue. Blue Ridge apparently had not done this until the last day on the main stage at 5 p.m. I did not witness this, so I cannot confirm this, but people have commented this and saying that this was the case. If that is the case, guys, for the organizers of Blue Ridge, how ignorant can you be? You saw how much dust was up there. You saw this. You had the equipment to do something about it and you didn't do anything about it until the last day until, and on one stage where kills the gauge in China, we're going to play. You didn't do it over at URW. You didn't do it at liquid death. You didn't do it at Salit or any of the two smaller stages. You guys knew about this. You guys had the equipment to do this. This does not speak. If this is true, this does not speak to just, Oh, you know, we didn't know. No, this is damn ignorance right here. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Oh boy, we're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to the merch tent. This is a little bit like a little bit more of just like whatever kind of a throw in. But they had one merch tent for the whole entire festival. You had one merch. You had one side of the tent that was for the blue stuff. The other side of the tent was for the bands that that were you know more the major bands. One tent, forty thousand people. Really? You wanna know how long those lines were? I mean, people were waiting to get shirts for two three hours, man. It was insane just having to wait for that. On top of that, the smaller bands had to sit out in the sun unless they brought their own awnings to sell merch on a side of a hill where there was a massive just like water pipe down at the bottom that was just basically creating a swamp at the bottom. Some bands were having to sell their stuff in a freaking swamp area. Are you? Dude. What band would want to do that? What band would want to do that? Speaking of the small bands. This was something that was brought to my attention by Johnny from the band Kill the Imposter. So I actually noticed this on the one of the side stages next to the state lit stage when I saw my friends in to begin anew. Looking at my buddy Cody and Shane, they've been on the podcast, I'm having the podcast again, but I noticed something off. I looked at Cody's ears and he didn't have any in-ears in him. I was like, well, that... Seems a little odd. I didn't know he didn't use in-ears, but I saw the same thing for seasons. And I was like, okay, something's up, man. And then Johnny gave me the little rundown. The small vans on those side stages, because they were next to the two, like ma- ma- like the main stage and the second biggest stage, they were not, the side stages, the small ones, they were not allowed to use in-ears. And the reason they said was because that the frequencies were messing with the audio quality of those bigger stages. They were messing up frequencies and whatnot, getting scratchy. And it's like, they were on completely different networks, man. Was this some sort of favoritism or something? I don't know. I mean, I can confirm that this, the, they were not allowed to use in-ears. And the reason they gave was because of the frequency issue. I can confirm this because, again, Johnny from the band Kill the Imposter confirmed this to me. We talked about this before a set. Like, we talked about maybe, maybe 10, 15 minutes. This is confirmed, man. The fan-driven experience... And you're going to make these bands that are small that some of these had to pay to just play these things. And you're putting them at a severe disadvantage. You're not letting them partake in industry standard practices. What the actual hell? 
How disorganized, inept, and ignorant is that? To not allow bands to use equipment that, you know, they had. Hell, Kill the Apostle couldn't even use their own freaking drum kit. They had to use the one that was still on stage. I'm not sure if Season was ahead to do that. I don't think the beginning knew how to do that, but why? Just why? Speaking of technical issues, oh my God, was there an array of technical issues from the overall audio quality? It was not good for a good number of bands. It was not good. Specifically, the Stay Lit stage was horrible. I remember seeing a day to remember. Jeremy's vocals were really, really, really soft. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem right. Then uh, I Prevail was playing the next day from my friends that were there. They said you could hardly hear the lead singer. When I saw Beartooth, Caleb's vocals were just god-awful. And I know Caleb's not a bad singer. Caleb ain't. But when this keeps happening on the same stage, yeah, this is going to be a thing where you can't hear this stuff. Like, the audio quality was just not there. Sometimes it was there, like, with Wage War, their unclean vocalist sounded absolutely fantastic on the same stage that Beartooth was going to play right after him. Why were there so many technical audio issues? And then why can't you let the smaller stages have their in-ears? On top of that, sometimes the scheduling, they had the side stages because they had scheduling mix-ups with bands dropping. How come the side stages and those bigger stages were going at the same time? There was a lot of sound going forward. Those stages were way too close to be going at the exact same time. And it was a scheduling issue as well because when bands were dropping out, schedules were changing, and we had absolutely no way to know about it. They didn't update the ad. They didn't update the website on any of those things. Nothing. Even when bands were dropping out, when All That Remains dropped, when Nonpoint dropped, when Phil Anselmo dropped, we had to find out about that through rumors. Blue Ridge did not post anything about this stuff. They didn't post anything about schedule changes. When Bush dropped out on Sunday, they moved every band down a slot. So like Fame on Fire was supposed to start at 12.30. They started at 1.30. We Came As Romans was supposed to start at 1.30. They started at 3.30. There was no communication about this. We did not know when the bands we wanted to see are playing. My friends wanted to see We Came as Romans. Only two of us got to see We Came as Romans because we were there for Fame on Fire. We figured, we knew. But trying to get cell service out there, good luck. They said they improved it, but unless you're texting people, which still didn't work out very well. Ain't going to work out at all for you, big guy. Let me tell you that. It's all these promises were made and everything was brought down. The last thing I will bring up before I really bring this to a full close and really go in on this is an issue that will likely, likely lead to many class action lawsuits. And I know you guys know exactly where I'm going with this. ADA compliance. The venue said that they were ADA compliant with Americans with with Disabilities Act. They said they were compliant with this and it was an absolute shit show. There was no compliance whatsoever. With the shuttles, again, people were walking, rolling their wheelchairs three, four miles to get places. There was, you you, you got to the venue, there was no, like, there was barely any, if if none, for ADA people. Like, you, like you, there was nothing for wheelchairs, nothing for people that had disabilities, nothing. People had to walk back in the dark on a country road with no light, with ditches all across the side, with, with holes everywhere, wheelchairs, crutches, it... I don't even think I can say all the ADA rules they've freaking violated. If you go on that Screwed by Blue Ridge fan page, just take a look. I mean, you'll see a lot of different things when it comes to ADA compliance or people are complaining about that. And it's, it is a, it is a real thing. Like these people that are complaining about this stuff, they really meant it. 
Like, absolutely meant it. It was really, just really bad. Just absolutely horrid. I, I don't understand uh, anything about it, man. I really don't. You say you're gonna help. You're, you're you're gonna have to follow the law on this. It's a law. It, you're promising this stuff, and people couldn't get through with their wheelchairs because it's, it's all dirt roads. When, and even further down, like all of a sudden, there's trash down there. You know, there's some loose water falling all over the place. They're stuck. They can't go anywhere. There, there's no help for shuttles to get them, take them around. I mean, when the shuttles, you can sometimes got the shuttles from to and from the venue, but that was it. Get inside, like the amount of golf carts they had to help take 88 people around that needed it barely any it was just honestly in my opinion one of the absolute worst things that you could have you could imagine it was i don't want to say it man but i feel so bad for those 88 people they deserve so much more there was no place for them to, to even like there's no special sex for them to be able to watch the show where they weren't going to get trampled on potentially, where they weren't going to potentially get hurt. Yet you had, they had to walk two plus miles at times just to get to their cars because there were no shuttles on Thursday because of how long on top of that, say they were parked in even further lots. Sometimes they had to walk to the lot that I was at just to get the shuttles that were there on Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. They weren't at the front of the venue. No, all the shuttles were outside the venue. So you had to walk a mile from the gates to that intersection just to get on buses to go to the parking lot that I was at or to offsite camping. Then if you walk to the parking lot that I was at, that's where two other buses would be taking to two separate parking lots. Why? That just everything when it comes to ADA compliance, this was an absolute and utter shit show. Now to bring this all to a head. Who's to blame? Is it the bands? I'm not going to blame the bands for any, for any of this stuff, really, because well, they came and they performed. That's what they were. That's what they had to do. They had to deal with some issues with the technical side of things, but they played their hearts out because they wanted live music back as just as much as we did. And the fans showed it. The fa- it's certainly not the fans' freaking fault. We were promised so many things, and we did not get them. We paid. For these things, we paid for these experiences, we paid for these amenities, and we did not get them. We paid to feel secure at this venue. We paid so that we could ensure that people weren't bringing in knives or weapons or anything of that sort. That didn't happen. People were bringing in knives all the time. We paid for all this stuff. We were in a contract to have all this stuff supplied to us, given the price that we paid for these tickets. Is it ETIC's fault? Maybe getting the tickets out there, but not really. For all this stuff, for all this crap, not really. You know whose fault it is? It's the people who put on Blue Ridge Rock Festival. It's the organizers and specifically Jonathan Sly. It's that freaking sly devil. Had to say that because, well, play on words. Why not? Jonathan Sly went radio silent from the point of... Alrighty, here's the update on Thursday morning at 1.53 a.m. All the way, all the way until the end of the festival when he posted that, we're coming back next year. Yeah. Um, dude, 
What about the camping issue? What about the parking issue, the shuttles, the security, the scanners that didn't work, the food, the golden circle shit, the VIP stuff, the septic tank blowing, the dust, the, the stuff that had bands of the problem with the in-ears, the technical stuff, the merch, the uh, scheduling communication that we never got on different aspects, and the ADA compliance. How come there was no transparency on this stuff? How come for your big festival, for your baby, for the thing that you for promoting so much and telling that those going to be the greatest thing ever, the fan-driven experience. How come you cowered away? How come you and the rest of the organization hit away while even on that Blue Ridge fans on page, after Thursday, they you, you couldn't post freely on there anymore. They were deleting comments. They were deleting all negative posts. It was only positivity on there. And it's like, well, I can tell by that there was not all positivity because someone created a screwed by Blue Ridge fan page. And as I'm recording this, because I'm recording this day before I'm releasing it, as I'm recording it, eight. 2,000 members. It's only been going up. It's only been increasing. It's a bunch of shit. The biggest issue we have is the fact that we were promised all that we were promised this stuff as a fan driven experience. We did not get that. And when the complaints rolled in, you hid away and then blamed everybody else. You never took accountability for any of this. You never took accountability for how bad camping got screwed up and how people that were supposed to be parking on site were either parking off site or not anywhere at all, or parking the GA lot with no showers that you guys promised, no porta potties whatsoever, no trash cans, nothing. We were shitting in the freaking woods. Yeah. You promised better part. You promised shuttle buses. You promised all this stuff. People, I know people that didn't come back because of the shuttle issue, because they didn't want to wait four hours to get from their get from the venue to their cars. Because they already did that once. That is unacceptable. Oh, but people quit. Well, why didn't you pay them more, dude? Why didn't you make this thing work? Why didn't you actually analyze the fact that you did a one-lane road into this? Why didn't you understand that everyone's going to be coming in on Wednesday? Why didn't you understand that traffic's going to be an absolute nightmare? So why didn't you address that issue? And then why didn't you say anything about it instead of just telling people, oh, here are the directions? Um, that doesn't help us out at all because, help people don't even know where these lots are. Hell, I didn't even know where the GA lot was until they told us to go there. And I'm like, where is it? People didn't know. And I just turned around and all of a sudden I hope to find it. And we found it. We had no idea where we were going. We're not from around the area. There's not that many people that were from around that area that have attended that festival. There's, I mean, there were some. The locals were fantastic because the locals actually helped us. Hell, when you turned us away, when you said that, you know, no more camping because we're just shutting it down for the night. When you guys turned us away, you didn't give us any direction. The locals, when I posted that online, when I posted and said that, you know, they shut down camp plan, people were telling us where to go to offer us, hey, hey, if you want to camp out in our backyard, please let us know because you guys can come and camp out here because they knew what was going on. They knew what was going on. You have a lot to explain about that when it comes to camping, park shows, and your radio sound. The security. How are people getting in with knives? I mean, frick, freaking hell, Steve-O got a knife from a guy. That's another thing. Steve was supposed to host this thing. He only showed up to cut himself during like, before before I sent kill set and crowd surf. What a joke! Lou Bruce was there the whole time. He was doing the same thing he did at Rockfest, just not just, like not interviewing the bands before, though. But he was introducing bands. I gotta give Lou Bruce credit for that one. But Steve was there all four days. Only showed up for like ten minutes for Ice Nine Kill set. That was it. That was it. Why? Why even have that security at the gate? Why not take accountability for the fact that you guys did not have anything? The communication, 
Why did you go radio silent on us? Why are you still not talking? You saw what Danny Rivers Presents did when anytime anyone had an issue, they addressed it right away. Anytime an issue online, they, 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 they show that they were addressing it and they actually did it. It wasn't just for show. They actually pulled this off. The VIP stuff, why didn't you deliver on what was promised? Golden Circle stuff, why were those why are those places so big for so, like when it came to Golden Circle, for so people to use them? Why did you do that, man? Why did you do that? Why was the trash thing that you, why did you not even acknowledge the whole septic thing? Hell, you basically just going to tell people, oh, you know, we're going to give you new tents and uh, we're going to give you VIP braces and a free case of beer. You sprayed human feces all over them. That's, again... I'm not saying you did it because, well, it was a set thing that blew, but you're the one responsible for this. So I can say that. You were the one responsible for making sure that when people were at the venue, that they got the experience that they paid for, that they were going to be safe and away from harm. And you had security that was letting everything in and camping where anything could have happened and septic tanks that blew. You want to know why nothing did happen though? Wasn't because of you, my guy. Wasn't because of you, Mr. Sly. Want to know why things didn't go wrong? Because the rock and metal community looks out for each other. You think we're going to look out for you when you put us in this situation? What are you going to do? Get ready for them class action lawsuits, bud, because your ADA compliance was shit. It's going to happen. Smaller bands. Why'd you fuck with them? Why won't you let them use in-ears? Why would you let them actually perform the show they were meant to perform? Why not? Put, why are you putting them in a handicap? Because, oh, the bigger stage is having audio issues. A oh, bigger stage always had audio issues, man. They're, on, they're messing up with the signals. They're on different networks, different frequencies. It's not going to be, it shouldn't be a problem. You playing favorites in there, my guy? There a problem there? There's so much that went wrong from an organizational standpoint, a logistics standpoint. Again, from the camping fiasco, the parking, the shuttles, the security at the gate, those scanners that I don't even know if they worked or not, but something didn't work between those two. Food vendors consistently ran out of food in the long lines there. Again, I get the long lines because it's a festival. I totally understand that, but still, something wasn't right there. The golden circle and VIP stuff, shit. The, that septic tank that blew. Why aren't you taking responsibility for that? Why aren't you actually talking about that, man? You're putting people's lives in danger at that point. You put a lot of people's lives in danger with your lack of safety. One, if someone could have, if someone had brought a gun into that festival and fired a shot, that would have been it, man. That'd have been it for you. Rockville community, we know better. But you got forty thousand people. You oversold by thirty three percent. You oversold by one third of your capacity. What do you think was going to happen? So miss, so basically when it comes down to it, here's what I got to say about Blue Ridge Rock Fest. The reason that the music and the con- the shows specifically were a success was because the bands came to play and give the fans what they paid for. And the fans responded in kind by giving these bands well, one hell of a crowd to play in front of. Why people got help. Why people were able to do the things that they did in terms of like when it came to the camping stuff, like why 
we were able to get stuff because people helped each other. The community helped each other. In the pits, we were helping each other. That's the thing with rock and metal community. When you get knocked down in the pit, people are there to help pick you right back up. If you someone get knocked down, you pick their ass back up. It was pit mentality out there where everyone was looking out for each other. And I'm thankful for that. That the rock and metal community did that. That's what went right. You show that this was not a fan-driven experience. You show that the fans fuel their own experience. Because of your ineptness. You're just straight up disregard for health and safety. For logistics. For anything like that. And then just... And then just sitting around doing nothing. Nothing! You didn't tell us anything that was going on, man. You went silent. And then you posted one update. At 1.53 in the morning. So no one would see. Again, Mr. Jonathan Sly, you're ineptness. Your blatant disregard. And honestly, I don't even know any other. I don't, I'm trying to think of some other words to even use with this. Um, just a freaking disgrace what you put people through. The only reason that people had a great time was because the bands and the fans made sure we all had a great time. It wasn't because of what you provided. It wasn't because of the thing you created. It was in spite of that. And I know it sounds like I'm being harsh, but dude, Mr. Jonathan Sly, what are you doing? Why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you actually owning up to this? Why are you pointing the finger at so many other people but yourself? This is your thing. You're the one responsible for everything that goes on here. It's on your shoulders. And everything that went wrong wasn't because of you. It was because of someone else. And that, sir, is the epitome of a piss-poor leader. I don't even think I can call you a leader at this point. You're not a leader. You're just a scam artist. Again, the fans, we made this happen. We made this great time happen. We were the ones that made this incredible for all of us. You, sir, you made it dangerous. You made it a borderline, uh, like you made it a fucking health hazard for not only the ADA people, but for everyone in there. I mean, hell. I understand, again, the thing with the dust, but couldn't, I hurt, potentially missed the ground on Sunday for the monster stage, but why not any of the other stages? Because you saw what happened. If you saw what happened at Lamb of God, I mean, I walked over there, ready to get into the pit. I'm like, okay, where's the pit? I couldn't tell. I always look for the dust cloud. Dust cloud was the whole freaking thing. You put, you, you people paid for this stuff. And you failed to deliver. And you blamed everybody else. And you never talked about it. And all you mentioned was, we're coming back next year. And Pennsylvania County, I, let's read the statement from Pennsylvania County because it is, uh, Pennsylvania County staff and many others uh, regulating agencies worked tirelessly for with purpose-driven events over the past several months to review plans for Blue Ridge Rock Fest, which was attended by approximately 30, 33,000 fans daily. Okay, so 
Even you oversold, but you still are 3,000 over capacity. When in excess of 20,000 campers arrived during a very short time frame on Wednesday, event promoters, on-site camping traffic vendors were overwhelmed. At the request of Urban Strips, events facility kind of assumed control of all operations outside the event gates, including transportation services, beginning 10 a.m. on Friday. That's why the buses got better. Because you weren't a part of it anymore. You weren't running this shit. Someone else had to do it for you because you were inadequate to do it. Thanks to the tireless work of hundreds of Pennsylvania County Sheriff's Office officers, the state police, Pennsylvania County Public Safety, Virginia Department of Transportation, and members of the county's volunteer fire and rescue agencies, the event proceeded without major incidents. Yeah, the county helped. The fans really helped. You didn't. This is what gets me. While the numbers will not be in for another week, the food and beverage tax Pennsylvania County received should be in excess of $100,000. The Blue Ridge Rock Festival undoubtedly had a positive economic impact on not just Pennsylvania County, but businesses within Pennsylvania County, but the entire region. Pennsylvania County leaders are thrilled that Pennsylvania County is home to the Blue Ridge Rock Amphitheater, Blue Ridge Amphitheater, I should say, and look forward to working with Purpose Driven events and future events and music festivals. You got a lot to fix, dude. The reason they're letting you go is because money, 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 money. You're not going to have much money more if these freaking class action lawsuits come your way. You created a, you created a potentially dangerous experience. You could play, you create a, a health hazard experience, potentially deadly one. And the only reason it didn't get that way was because you had outside help from the county. And because the fans always look out for each other when it comes to rock and metal. And you are still silent. This is Jonathan Sly. Make an offer to you, my man. Because you've been silent throughout this whole entire thing. There are many people that are pissed off at you, including myself. Did I have a great time at the festival? Yeah, because the fans and the bands made it that way. Not because of what you provided, my man. So here's my request to you and my offer to you. Because you've been silent during this whole entire goddamn thing. Get on a call with me. Get on a Zoom call with me. Join me for a podcast. Let's talk all about this, my man. I will ask everybody on the Screw by Blue Ridge page to submit their questions to you. Or to me, for me to ask you. And that'll be your time to own up to this stuff. To talk about this stuff. And not only that, your time to actually be a leader. Not just a scam artist. You want that, my man? You can go back and check out any other podcasts that we have. You can see what I'm like with guests. We're happy. We have a good time. Be the same way with you, my man. We'll just talk, we'll shoot the shit, and we'll answer those questions. But you got a lot of explaining to do. What are you waiting for? Come on, man. Be a leader, not a scam artist. All right, guys, that's going to be for me today on the Core core Progression Podcast. This was a little bit of an interesting one. Not going to lie. I know many of you that were at Blue Ridge feel the same way I do. If I missed anything, please put it in the comment section of the podcast. I know a lot of you also had a good time like I did as well when it came to the bands and through the whole fan community as well, which is, again, why I wanted to highlight that point. So I needed to highlight that point. 
We're a community. We're great. We look out for each other. And that's the reason why the shows at Blue Ridge was an absolute success. Because the bands, the fans, the community looked out for each other. But again, Mr. Jonathan Sly, why aren't you saying anything? Come on the Core Progression Podcast. Let's talk. So again, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast brought to MSOT Rocks with Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin. Thanks for watching this special episode and listening to it. I want to know what you think, so put in the comments. But on that note, you guys know how I end every single one. That's a big, healthy, and hearty. See you.